Okay guys, so as promised, I'm making this video on Malinois and things that people should know about Malinois as pet dogs. So I made this post, put it on Facebook, Instagram, my personal account and my business account. And I got a bunch of awesome feedback from you guys. So thank you very much for your questions. I'm gonna answer a lot of these because a lot of your questions were repeat questions, which is awesome. Uh, what I mean is somebody asked a question, somebody else asked the same question and it was aimed at the same exact point. So I'm going to be addressing these in a little bit. First, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel. Doctoring is my passion. Make sure you follow those videos. I have over 600 videos on protection training, pet obedience, tricks, and a bunch of other things. So follow me on there, follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and your favorite podcast platform. I'm also on there as dog training is my passion. Okay, now let's go into these questions that you guys wanted to know. So Malinois as pet dogs. I have worked with a bunch of Malinois, okay? I, my introduction into the dog training world was through working dogs, specifically Malinois. So I started this back in 2009. It's been over a decade now as of the making of this video. And my introduction to it, working dogs, Malinois, Dutch Shepherds, German Shepherds, but all bulk of them were primarily Malinois. Okay, so I've been introduced to that breed only through what they were meant to do. Later, as I stayed in the industry and, and as I saw more dogs and more people with their dogs, then I started to see the trend of pet owners with Malinois because to me that was also new. My introduction again was Malinois were working dogs, they were police dogs, they were contract dogs and I mean that's all I did for, for, a, for a handful of years. Okay, I worked at two companies where we trained these working dogs for police departments for personal protection. I spent 18 months in Afghanistan with a bunch of these dogs as bomb detection dogs. So the the bulk of the of my experience in the beginning in the early stages with Malinois was working dogs and even now okay the the bulk of the working dogs that I see that are Malinois they're, they're working dogs okay they're dogs that do protection sports um, and I also have a handful of clients that have working dogs as pets and this is something that I've seen throughout the years as I see people with pet dogs that are Malinois. Now, this obviously presents some challenges and some questions come up as to why does my dog do this? I don't understand why my dog does this, this, that, and the other. Okay, so I'm saying Malinois here, but this is applicable to any working dog you have. Um, you know, it could be Dutch Shepherds, German Shepherds. It doesn't even have to be a herding breed. It could be a different breed. It could be a bully breed. If it has the traits of a working dog, this is still gonna be very applicable to you. So let's go over these questions now, okay? So one question that came up that one of you guys asked is, is a Malinois right for you? How do people know if it's, if it's the right dog for you? That's an excellent question. If you're thinking about getting a Malinois, okay? And another question that I got, or a few other questions that I got is, you know, what do you think about people that have no experience getting Malinois? Here's the thing, if you don't have a Malinois and you're thinking about getting a Malinois, think about why is it that you want one? If the answer is, oh, because they look 
pretty, they look great, they, they look awesome, it's probably not the best reason to get one. Probably not the best reason. I'm not saying it's not the best reason, but it's probably not the best reason. Here's why I say probably not instead of a definite not. I said probably not because some people that I know that became very active and very committed to working their dogs got their dogs because they thought getting a Malinois would be awesome. So they got one and then they realized, oh my God, like what is this thing, right? So then they became very invested in the working side of owning that dog. So some people do start that way, but in general, if your answer is, I just think they look cute, I just think they look adorable, is probably not the best answer. Trust me when I say this, okay? My wife's dog, the Malinois, it belonged to a client. It was a client dog. Now, um, the client did great. I mean, she tried her best, but she didn't realize how much work this particular dog was. She got it when it was a puppy. The owners were committed, but it just was not the right dog. And eventually the inevitable happened. They realized there was just too much going on. The lifestyle of the owner did not match the lifestyle that this particular dog needed. And this is how we ended up with this dog. Now it's my wife's dog. So this does happen, it's not uncommon. Actually, I just wanna let you know, just a couple of days ago, maybe about a day ago, I got a message from a follower on Instagram and it is a video of, guess what, a Malinois, okay? And the, the follower, it's not her dog, but I believe it was a friend's dog or a, an acquaintance's dog, maybe a client dog. Uh, I don't remember the details now, but it was the same thing. The owners realized that they could not deal with this dog, so now they're reaching out to me to see if I can find a home for this Malinois. And the number of messages that I get from people that are in that situation, I mean, I get them constantly. So trust me, they're not just a oh, they look cool type of dog. I'm not saying this as a snob. I really am not, okay? Um, I have three Malinois, different personalities. Well, my wife has one, so that's her dog. I got two of my, my Malinois that are mine that I work. Um, and I have, we have two pet dogs. So I'm telling you, these are very, very high energy, very high demanding um, type of dog that needs a purpose. They truly need a purpose. The clients that I have that have working dogs, Malinois, Malinois mixes, same thing. They have dogs that need a job. Okay, so when they wonder, I don't know why my dog does this. Why does my dog do this? I need help with this, with this reactivity. I need help with this. Uh, the dog does this, this, and that. It also applies to my clients that have German Shepherds. The same thing, like I, I talk to them, we go, over the problems they're having, we come up with a plan, and it always turns out to be the following. There is nothing wrong with a dog. It's just a working dog, it's just a Malinois, okay? So you have to realize that these are dogs that need a job. If your lifestyle does not match, it is not the right dog for you. Maybe not right now, maybe later, if your lifestyle allows for it, then consider a working breed. But trust me when I say this, it is not for everyone. There's a reason why we have Malinois rescues and we have a bunch of dogs. And here's the other thing too, when we have a demand for pet quality Mal, that's a thing, people want pet quality Malinois. When we have a demand for that, now we are contributing to shitty breeders. 
breeders that breed Malinois for pet quality, they're automatically, I am sorry if that's some of you guys, but it automatically makes you not the best breeder. They were meant to be bred for work. Anything less than that, you're deviating for the, from the original purpose of what the Malinois is. Okay, and it happens with every breed. It happened to the German Shepherd. We're, breed, we're breeding for pet quality German Shepherds. So now to get a good quality German Shepherd, like it's really hard to get now. You even have to go to Europe to get German Shepherds from you know, good, good stock, good quality. And in the US too, but they're typically bred from um, different bloodlines that you just can't find in the, it's very difficult to find in the US. So um, this is what happens. This is what happens with a Malinois. And it's, it happens to every breed. The moment they go on TV, that's the moment it starts to decline. Because the moment they go on TV, there is a demand for that breed from people who don't know. They just see the flashiness and the awesomeness on TV, John Wick, uh, Max, they see the TV shows, and people see these dogs in a very nice light, so they go, oh my God, I want one. The moment pet people who don't know what they're getting into want these dogs, the demand will start to rise, which means the supply will start to rise. And when the supply starts to rise, this is when the quality could potentially get affected. And we're starting to see it, we've been seeing it. So it is taking a toll on the breed overall. So pay attention to that. Is a Malinois right for me? If the answer is I want one because they look cool, probably not the best answer, okay? Think long-term. You're thinking when you get a dog, it's a 12-year commitment minimum. I mean, my old dog is 12 years old. He still has a few years on his belt. Okay, a few years left. So uh, you're signing up for a 10 to 15-year commitment. Think about that. You're making a very rash decision on what feels good at the moment, not realizing that this is a 10, 15-year commitment. So pay attention to that. Okay, another one too, when it comes to temperament, uh, a friend of mine asked this really good question, and he goes, you know, I don't buy the whole, uh, you know, Malinois are, they're not calm because, you know, they're Malinois. And so he goes, but I've seen dogs from working lines that do very well, that are very chill. Um, does it have to do with the raising, with the training? And Dylan, the answer is yes and no. Okay, there is a yes and a no to that answer. So yes, you, you're right, there are a lot of Malinois snobs out there. Go to any Malinois Facebook group and you're gonna see just a bunch of snobs. They're gonna go, don't get a Malinois, you don't need a Malinois, why do you have a Malinois? You shouldn't have a Malinois. They'll, they'll laugh at you if you even ask about having a Malinois, right? So yes, there are a bunch of Malinois snobs um, and then there's a bunch of people that go, oh no, I want a Malinois, yeah, like Malinois are great. It's all in how you race them. Be very careful with that. Oh, you know, it's all, there's gotta be training. It's gotta be because how we race them. Because then we fall back into the whole, you know, the whole pit bull thing. Oh, they're not all aggressive. And then people go, no, no, they are very aggressive. Um, you gotta be in the middle. It's the same thing with Malinois, no different. They are working dogs. Now, I am gonna tell you why you see some dogs that are from awesome bloodlines that are super chill, have a nice off switch and it is genetics. I know it's probably not the answer a lot of people wanna hear. People want to believe that there is a, a secret sauce, a magic trick 
that you know only some people know that will make every crazy Malinois into an awesome chill Malinois. I would say about 70%, I'm gonna go over 50% here, but more than half of that is genetics. Okay, I, I firmly believe that from my experience. Okay, now some people might tell you that's not the case, but I'm telling you, over half of that from my experience is genetics. Now I am gonna divide genetics into a couple of things. Genetics, bloodlines, okay? And the other part of that too, we'll call it temperament, which is a real thing. Temperament is a real thing. Okay, here's what temperament is. Temperament is the unique inherent trait of a particular individual. That is what temperament is, okay? It cannot be changed. It can be influenced tremendously, but it cannot be changed. What I mean by that is a super friendly, outgoing dog, a lot of times they're super friendly and outgoing from the time they're seven weeks of age, five weeks of age, even four weeks of age, okay? You'll see this. You'll see this in a litter of puppies. You'll see a litter of puppies, same parents, obviously, same bloodlines, and you'll see some that are more outgoing, more bold, and you see some that are more chill, that are more uh, timid even. Why is that? I mean, same bloodline. Did the mom do anything different? No. Same bloodline, same litter. You have temperament that is unique to every individual. The other part of that that makes up a, a, a huge part of how that dog turns out to be, how that Malinois has a, an off switch or not, is genetics. I'm gonna give you a super brief, brief, very quick um, representation of that, which is typically, I'm gonna make a generalization here. So uh, all of those uh, Malinois Nazis that are very like, oh no, that's not how it is. Relax, this is just a generalization. Generally, for example, um, Dutch line, Malinois tend to be more, um, more crazy. They tend to be uh, a little bit more hectic. They tend to have less of an off switch. Generally, Belgian line Malinois tend to have more of an off switch. They tend to be more chill. So you see this a lot. So some of the dogs that you might have seen that have this off switch but are amazing working dogs from awesome bloodlines I might have to do with their genealogy. It might have to do with their pedigree, with their bloodlines. Because working line is such a broad thing. Right? People say, oh, working line versus show line. Okay, that is very general too. You know, like there isn't just working line. There is like working line and then you have different branches that go off of that. Okay, working line what? Eastern European lines, French lines, Belgian lines, Dutch lines. Do uh, you see like all of these things have their differences? Generally speaking, Dutch line Malinois are a little bit more intense. They're the ones that are a little bit, um, have a little bit less of an off switch versus Belgian line Malinois tend to have more of an off switch. Again, this is a generalization. There are Dutch line Malinois that are, that are amazing with their off switch and there are Belgian line Malinois that are not much of an off switch type of dog. So generalizations. Now, I, I believe the other part of that too, you know, I would say about 50, maybe a little bit less than 50% of that is how you actually train and raise that dog. That has a huge influence too. And what I mean by that is, first of all, temperament and, and, uh, and genetics, you're not gonna override that, you're not, you're just not. You can influence it a lot, but you can't override it. 
okay? Um, I can make an entire different video on temperament, but if it seems like, oh, that's not true, I've seen dogs that uh, are very timid and they go from being very timid to very confident, trust me, that very confident dog, if I take him from his environment and put him in a different environment, he's gonna go back to being timid. That's the difference between environment and temperament. With your, with your Malinois, with your you know, working line Malinois, how are insane working line Malinois super chill at home? It could be genetics, it could be the temperament, okay? A lot of it also has to do with how you interact with that dog. Do you have the dog spend time you know, in an environment where he learns to differentiate the difference between work time and home time. If you do that, your dog is more likely going to have an off switch. It's just how, it, it's, how it's gonna happen, okay? Now, some people prefer to have their dogs like that. Some people don't. I know people on both sides of that table. Some people that I really look up to and trust, they're working dogs or working dogs. They're not pet dogs. And some people that I look up to as well, their working dogs are also pet dogs. It's just how they choose to do that. It has to do with your schedule as well. Like, you know, some people have a very tight schedule. So a lot of times they go, dude, you're in the crate or we're out working or you're in the crate or you're in place, or you're training, you're eating, and then you're back in the crate or you're back in your kennel, right? Whatever it is, whether it's a crate or a kennel setup. Some people that I really look up to that are, have accomplished a lot. It's not just like, well, I, I have a crush on them. Nothing like that. It's the people that, that have accomplished a lot, have that setup with their working dogs. And I also have people that I also admire that they have a different setup to them. Like their working dogs work, but they also are house dogs. Um, now you have a whole debate that will, uh, over which is better. Personally, I think it's entirely on you because I've seen awesome dogs that do both ways. Okay, awesome trainers and awesome dogs have accomplished a lot with doing it both ways. But the dog is more likely to have an off switch if you actually practice that with that dog. So a lot of impulse control, a lot of, uh, you know, hey, we're gonna spend time in the house. We're not acting crazy here. But there is a time to act crazy. Dogs are very smart. They are able to discriminate scenarios, right? They're able to, I mean, this is where stimulus control and stimulus discrimination kicks in. The dog knows when it's appropriate to be crazy and insane and when it's time to be, I'm just a house dog right now. As long as that Malinois has a purpose and a job, I firmly believe that dog is gonna be fine. The problem that we run into a lot is the dog doesn't have a job. The dog doesn't have a purpose. This is when the dogs go, man, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to do. I don't have a purpose. Trust me, it might seem like I'm making this up, but I, I know from experience, my working dogs are sport dogs. If we have like a slow few weeks, they get stir crazy. They go, man, like we haven't really done a whole lot. Like when my dog Russ, when he has an injury that he has to recover from, they have an internal clock. Trust me, they, they truly do. Um, so he knows like every couple of days, right? First, he works every single day. Every single day we're doing something, right? But every few days he gets to like be a badass. He gets to like freaking bite and lunch and, and do this in, the, in a very controlled environment. So he loves that and he knows when it's coming up. When he has an injury, he has to slow down a little bit and he has to be in a little bit of bed rest. Man, he gets, he gets pissed, he gets stir crazy, he starts to get antsy. So these things do happen, okay? If they don't have a purpose, imagine a dog that doesn't have a purpose and it's a working dog. 
Okay, it could be a Malinois, German Shepherd, any other breed that, that has these traits. They will find their job. They will find their purpose and it will not be what you want it to be. It'll be something destructive because they want to work. Okay, another huge one is uh, puppy biting. Malinois are gonna bite, okay? They're, they're puppies, they're going to bite. It is normal for them to bite, okay? Like when you get another dog and, and they start biting you, Yes, it's a pet and it is annoying, it is a hassle, but Malinois, remember, they were bred as working dogs. They are meant to be working dogs that use their mouth. So they're going to use their mouth. When they're puppies, they're going to be nipping at you. They're going to grab your pants. They're going to grab your shoes. They're going to grab your feet. They're going to grab your hands. I'm not telling you to make it acceptable. I'm just telling you, be aware of that and be patient with that. Okay, that puppy is not trying to hurt you. It's not trying to go, F you, I'm going to show you who's boss. It's a puppy. It's not trying to do that. It's not trying to see what it can get away with. It's just being a puppy. Drive is kicking in. Temperament is kicking in. Um, bloodlines, genetics, everything is kicking in. And he's like, oh my God, I got I to gotta punch something, right? If your Malinois is going to be doing any sort of work for which its mouth will be useful, where it's where it's going to be putting its mouth on things like protection training, it's wise to definitely be patient with that. But I believe there is a line. I know some people and, and some of these people are my friends who go, well, you know, it's a Malinois, let him bite every time. Personally, I don't buy into that. I don't believe your Malinois should put its teeth on your, on your, on your arms and your face and, and your neck and your leg. Um, especially not when it's eight months of age, a year of age. Okay, I cut that out at like three months of age. I'm gonna let you be a puppy for, you know, definitely when you're eight weeks. I'm not gonna like go, hey, what are you doing? Don't bite me. Um, I'm gonna let you be a puppy at three months of age. Hey dude, yeah, yeah, like, you know, take it easy, but I get it, you're a puppy, three, three weeks of age. At about four months of age, that puppy card is going to expire. Okay, because now we're talking about boundaries. Now, I'm not going to come down hard on that dog, but I'm definitely going to go, hey, we don't do that here. Okay, like, yes, I'm going to give you an outlet, which my, my working dogs, okay, even my pet dogs, they have an outlet. They, they work. But definitely my working dogs, they're going to have a job. They're going to have a purpose so that this is easier to handle, so that they actually have something that they can bite, they can put their mouth on, something that they can be crazy for. So... I am going to do that for those dogs, which will kind of make it less likely for them to feel like they have to bite everything. But at four months of age, we're going to start to draw some very strong boundaries there and go, hey, dude, like, you have this to bite, you have this to bite, and I am giving you a purpose. You're not going to put your teeth on my hand. That, that's, that, that expires today, okay? Now, I make a, a, a four-line boundary line, not because, like, it's four months, it's just a general guideline for me where I'm like, all right, dude, I, you know, I was very patient that, you know, eight weeks of age, it doesn't mean I was letting you do it. And then on, on, on four months, I'm like, okay, this is over. That would be unfair, but I'm definitely managing I'm, and I'm being more patient. I'm going, okay, okay. I get it. You're a puppy. Okay. I get it. You're a puppy. Let's redirect that. We're going to redirect that. Yeah, I get it. You're a puppy. Once you start getting a little bit older, you start getting used to me, we start bonding, which will be right about, you know, three and a half, four months of age. 
we're gonna start to draw some hard lines. Don't put your teeth on my face. Don't put your teeth on my, on my bare skin. Don't put your teeth on my, on my hand. Now, some people believe that, well, if you do that, you're going to make it so that they don't wanna bite. Dude, if you telling your dog, don't bite my face, don't bite my hand, makes your dog not wanna bite later, you have the wrong dog. It has nothing to do with the fact that you drew some boundaries. It's got to do with the fact that you have the wrong dog. I mean, I, I, I've drawn that hard line with all the dogs in the past. The issues that I'm going to see are not gonna be because I drew a line and said, hey dude, knock it off, okay? Like, think about this. What would the mom do with, with, its, with its puppy at five weeks of age if, a, if as it was nursing, it bit the nipple a little bit too hard? Do you think the mom's gonna go, oh, well, you're a puppy. I don't wanna shut you down, you're a Malinois, and I get it, you bit, you're a puppy. What's the mom gonna do? Mom's gonna correct that puppy, okay? It's going to happen, so yes, we wanna be patient, we want to realize that Malinois puppies are gonna bite, and they're gonna bite you, but don't listen to people that tell you, oh, it's a Malinois, let them bite you. No, don't do that, okay? I've worked with people that were like, oh man, like, my Malinois is biting me hard, but you know, I'm being told to let him do it because he's gonna do protection training. No, that's not training. The dog is telling you to go fuck yourself. The dog is telling you, bitch, I own you. You have to draw those lines and you have to go, no, we're not doing that. You're gonna bite something, yeah. You're gonna have a purpose, you're gonna have a job and you wanna bite something, hey, let's bite something. But it cannot be my skin, it cannot be my face, it cannot be my arm, it cannot be my hand. Now, I have been talking about bite work, but it's not the only suitable job for the Malinois. Some of you guys asked, somebody asked, uh, does it, you know, does it always have to be bite work? Um, or, you know, something along those lines that so you said, well, it's, it doesn't always have to be bite work. And you're correct. It does not have to be bite work. It can be something else. It could be dock diving. It could be disc work. It could be scent detection. Here's the difference between a job and just playing fetch. Some people think, well, yeah, my dog exercises. We, we throw the ball. It's not the same. Okay, throwing the ball is fun and they love to chase things because they're, they're herding breeds. But it's not a job, it's not a purpose. I know this sounds very corny and very weird, but trust me, they truly need a purpose. They need something for which they have to use their brain, for which they have to go, now, okay, not now, now, okay, not now, now, okay, not, okay, now. Protection training allows them to do that, okay? Other sports allow them to do that. It might seem like, you know, in, in other sports, you're just, yeah, you're just, hey, you're being a dog, you're biting, you're doing this, but there is more to it than that. When your dog has a job, right, send detection, for example, okay, send detection, like, it's an awesome job because, one, if your Malinois doesn't have the temperament to bite, to do bite sports, which this is a temperament thing, okay, if the dog doesn't have the temperament to do bite sports, it can do scent detection. It could do dog diving. But scent detection is great because they have to use their brain. Scent detection is awesome because, again, they have to think. They have to work to get the reward. So when they have to work to get the reward, that's a job. Okay? Throwing the ball, that's just, that's exercise. It's awesome that, that you're throwing the ball for your dog. But it does not replace the fact that you have a job. Think about this, guys. Okay, a Malinois is a working dog. Okay, unless it's been diluted and, and like the Malinois that you got was, you know, you got him from Craigslist and it's been crossed and bred a bunch of times and it's just really a pet quality dog. Hey, 
it just turns out to be that way, maybe they don't need a job. If you get a Malinois from a vendor or a breeder, the worst working dogs, by the way, if you're new, if you're kind of new to it, um, a good working, um, you know, working Malinois breeder will probably not sell you that Malinois, okay? If they just want your money, they're gonna sell you that Malinois. So you have to pay attention to those little things, those little details. But, um, but yeah, they need to have a job. They, they have to, if they don't, they get start crazy. It's different than any dogs you've had. I'm sure the other dogs you've had were great and maybe throwing the ball was enough. And then they chill out in the house the whole day. Malinois are not like that. This is why people go, why does my Malinois bite me? Why does my Malinois want to, you know, you know, bite everything he sees? He's a working dog, he needs a purpose, he needs a job. Another one, while we're talking about jobs and protection training, uh, a few good ones that came up is, you know, talk about the fact that they're not always protective. It is a temperament trait. Can you do protection training? Yes, you can teach them to bite, but a dog biting a sleeve is very different than a dog coming through for you when somebody's beating you to death, beating you to a pulp. A lot of dogs will just go, hey, have fun, bye, and they'll take off because they want to preserve themselves. Some dogs will come through for you. And guess what? They don't have to be Malinois to do that. There are dogs that will do that without even being herding breeds or Malinois or German Shepherds. People believe that the only type of dog that is going to protect you is going to be a, a Malinois, a German Shepherd, a Dutch Shepherd. It's not the case. It is a temperament trait. Also, going back to genetics, what was that dog bred for? The whole thing with my dog will protect me because it's a Malinois, it's not true. Okay, you don't want to find out that the hard way. Now, your dog might be reactive, your dog might be aggressive, and it might look like your dog wants to protect you. And I've worked with people that have told me the same thing. My dog is protective. And when I evaluate their dogs, their dogs are scared. Their dogs are just going, oh my God, please, I just want to survive, leave me alone. But to the owner, it looks like, oh, he's protecting me. No, your dog is being a coward. Okay, I hate to say this, but that's how it is. My, my Malinois, Rust, I'm not counting on him ever protecting me. What will protect me will be the Second Amendment. My dog is just going to watch the show. I will make sure that my dog is protected. I'm not going to put that responsibility on my dog. One, I don't want to find out. Okay? Um, I don't want to put that on him. Like when you see videos of people going, oh, you know, let's set this up or you break in. Hey, that's awesome if you do that and it looks cool for social media and, and maybe you want your dog to do that. But there's a difference. Dogs know rehearsed environments. They know when it's a setup, and, but when the shit hits the fan, it's a different environment. Okay, like when you put your dog on a down and, and your friend like breaks in with the hidden sleeve, yeah, your dog is doing awesome and your dog might in fact do the right thing and protect you. But when the shit hits the fan and somebody like busts through your door and you're like, oh my fucking God, what is that? Completely different environment. Your dog might actually take off. Or your dog might go and like do, but the second that dog feels a kick, a swift kick in the side, swift kick in the balls, a swift kick in the, you know, in the flank, your dog might be like, fuck, I'm out. I'm done with this shit. Okay. So don't assume your Malinois is going to protect you because there's a difference between rehearsed environments and somebody beating you to a pulp. It's very, very different. You don't need a Malinois to protect you. you. Any dog that has the right temperament can protect you. It's a temperament thing. It's a genetic thing. 
not always a genetic thing. Okay, a lot of times it's a temperament thing. So don't expect your melanin to protect you because they're not all protective. One topic that surfaced through a bunch of different questions was, um, you know, how, how do you raise them? How do you not raise them? How, how do you make it so that they're, you know, that, that they're nice and balanced? Well, I touched on this earlier. They have to have a job. That's super important to me. I firmly believe lack of structure and lack of a job from these dogs will make them a nightmare. I truly believe that. Okay. It's going to be a pain if they don't have a job. And now by a job, let me reiterate that again. It doesn't mean that they have to work every single day because there are people that only work their dogs once a week, a couple of times a month. This is again, going back to, does the dog have purpose? They have their internal clock. They, they truly know that. They know every so, when so much time goes by, I usually do something very, very cool, very important to me. Okay, they know that they adapt to that schedule, but it goes back to them having a purpose. If they don't have that, it's gonna be a problem. How they're gonna be a nightmare, lack of purpose, lack of structure, they're gonna be a nightmare. For sure they're going to be. One good question that came up, why, why are they so rough with children and other dogs? They are herding breeds, okay? Children, what do they do? They're like very animated, high pitched. This triggers prey drive. These are herding breeds. They, they, they're meant to be dogs that would chase and grab things. So when you see dogs, they're moving things. So a lot of Malinois, a lot of herding breeds, not just Malinois. You'll see this with the Border Collies. You'll see with a bunch of other types of herding breeds that are like this. They see dogs and they immediately want to go and target. This is very innate to them. And it's just part of something that we need to understand about these dogs. That's pretty much it for now. If you guys have any questions, please let me know. Uh, make sure you again go to YouTube, subscribe to that channel. I got a bunch of videos on there. Let me know if there are any other questions that you want to address. I can make another video, a follow-up, and then I'll answer a bunch of those questions, a bunch of those topics. I hope this was helpful. I'll see you guys in the next video.